Hey everyone, this is Donna Savage with Talk with Savage Desires. And tonight I have with me Vidal, Dr. Vidal, a counseling practitioner. Welcome, Vidal. Hey, my pleasure to be here, Donna. Listen, I know I had to chase you down to bring you on my program, you know, but uh, thank you for accepting anyways. Chase me down, chase me down. I don't run as fast as you sing in both. You could call up to me. I don't know what happened. Uh, yeah, well, I caught up to you, which is a good thing. <laughs> So, Vidal, as I mentioned before, I kind of wanted to talk about the importance of touch. Ah. Touch is, yeah. So, you know, I mean, as soon as a baby is born, the first thing that they do to a parent is put this baby on a parent's skin to skin. That's how important touch is. Mm -hmm. And due to what the whole COVID situation is, and people are out of source from not touching or communicating or hugging, you know, and I find that there's a lot of mental issues hanging around and going around. So Dr. Vidal or Vidal, let me please explain how important it is for the touch. Well, I, I'm of the mindset that sometimes, not all the times, sometimes touch is more important a form of communication than it is to actually speak. And we know that. Mm -hmm. For example, when someone has lost a loved one or they're, they're grieving, um, we know that it's often easier to say nothing but just be present or just to hold someone. Mm -hmm. um, we know when we're babies and we fall off, you know, when, when they cry, we hold them. Touch. So we used to touch, but we don't take time to really appreciate the value of touch in our lives. We know when you fall off the bike, first thing we do, run to moms and dads and we say, you know, we have a scrape and it's, but they, they hug us. They console us. Mm -hmm. So that touch. Um, in business, we shake hands. When we meet our friends, we hug them because mm -hmm. touch has a diff it has a deeper meaning. It resonates with us in a deeper way. Something happens in our brain that allows us to be warm and, and, and make us feel connected and part of a community or just a sense of belonging. So mm -hmm. touch is indeed important. Um, again, more important perhaps than sometimes the spoken word. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny, I think a lot of people didn't realize how much or important touch is until the whole pandemic started. You know, the, the mm -hmm. thought of not seeing their loved one or, or anyone. And I know um, in a lot of research that I've been doing, more so for, for a single person who's living on their own and don't have anyone to to have that touch with or that communication is because what the pandemic caused us to do is to separate. Mm -hmm. So there's no hugging. You know, and as you said, I think it's one of the, the best thing. Touch does help in communication by not saying anything at all. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I go and ahead. Sometimes, sometimes there are no words that can express how you feel mm -hmm. um, other than a touch or a hug mm -hmm. or an mm -hmm. right? Okay, that's great. So, you know, so I'm, I'm, I thought you would be the best person to talk about this topic. Um, I was talking earlier to you about Tantra. Tantra is a big believer in touch, mm. smell and touch. You know, the simple fact that you can just close your eye or touch someone just inches away from the skin, this could be a, a huge turn on, you know, solo or, or by partner. And I remember you and I had done uh, an experiment where you kind of showed even your hand is like mm -hmm. a couple inches from the skin and what exude and what the feeling comes from that. And I know when we touch someone, I mean, you're in the medical field, we exude what? Um, oxytocin, the feel good yeah, chemicals. Dopamine, dopamine, serotonin, all those good hormones that, um, that we want in our bodies want to, to come through our brains, our bodies to feel good. 
They're mm-hmm. natural, they're healthy, they stimulate us, they make us feel good. It's like working out, right? Mm-hmm. Or just, or being in love and all of what goes on in our bodies, in our minds. Um, it's those good, healthy hormones that stimulate us and touch does that. Mm-hmm. Does that in a miraculous way. Um, the research is clear. Um, in England, as a matter of fact, I was listening to a show last year where they talked about seniors in England and the government having special programs through the NHS where they had individuals who go out and actually meet seniors in their homes. And they're just there to interact with them, to show them that someone cares and to touch them. We know what happens when one is in hospital and uh, might be in coma, the power of touch that might revive that person. And so when we talk about it, if, I want to, if I'm going to unpack it, you know, in our fingers, so our senses are all the senses. So we emit or we experience sensorial stimulation from them, particularly mm-hmm. in our fingers and our hands, um, but not exclusively. When we touch another person, there's something on our skin um, these nerve endings that are not necessarily visible to the eye, but they're called galvanic receptors. And they pick up um, those those faint touches that aren't actual touches, but they pick up that sensation of being touched. And what that does is it stimulates the individual. So um, babies reach out for your finger and once they are getting there, they're excited, then they grab it and they hold on tight. Mm-hmm. All of those um, galvanic receptors send messages to our brain, to our pleasure centers that just lights us up, that makes us happy. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and so when the more of that that we can do, the better it is, the more that we can touch, the more that we can hug. Um, and of course, within boundaries and being respectful about that, the better that we feel. And so some of us in my practice will talk about the importance of getting five or 10 hugs a day, right? Mm-hmm. What, what that does for an individual, mm-hmm. but also you, make us feel good. Yeah, you're giving this five or ten uh, hugs per day, but how long would the the should the hug last? I mean, you can't just go around and just give a, and you're gonna get any receptives off of that. I think it has to be a good minute or two in order for you to have that. As well, you well, said, well, it, well, it, it all depends on how well you know the other person. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean. <laughs> Some hugs can be that. Can be quite yeah, like it up. <laughs> no, I, no, in all seriousness, I, again, depending on the person who who they are and what they say they need. Mm-hmm. Right? Some people, as you know, particularly women are very good at this. They will come go home to their companions, their, their mates, their life mates, and they will say, look, I just need a hug. I just need a hug. Mm-hmm. Don't say anything. I just need to be touched. I need to be held. I need to be I need someone to feel me and feel my body and I need to be felt. That's Mm -hmm. the power of communication. That's saying, I don't want to talk. There are words that can't express what I need right now, but touch will do that and do that in a way that satisfies me. I so agree with you. It's funny that you brought up about um, that research that is happening in England. Um, There's a girl that I follow on um, one of the social media and that's her job. Like she become, she became a millionaire just by going around and hugging people because people have this preconceived notion. A lot of times they mix, uh, they have 
confusion that they wanted sex or just intimacy. And a lot of the, a lot of persons are always going around having sex, but they're st they're still not satisfied, realizing that that's not what they really need. But they just need the powerful touch or or hug, you know, to just stimulate um, serotonin or you know dopamine, just that feel good thing. You know, and, and, and I think right now where we are in, in, in society that we need to start hugging more. And as you said, you know, let's, let's talk and more hugging because we talk about communication all the time, but sometimes our most communication is not being communicated well. So you know what? Just shut up and just hug me and just you know, let, let's carry yeah. on. <laughs> let's carry on the feel good moments, right? Well, I, I often ask, you know, couples when I'm working with them, you know, tell me about the best form of communication that they've seen, you know, around them that happens on a day-to-day basis. Many people do not get it. And some people, a few people get it, understand why. Um, it, it's nonverbal, just like touching is nonverbal. Mm -hmm. I think the best example, the best evidence we have of communication in our society are all those people who drive the roads every day. When you think about the thousands of people who get on, get in cars, mm -hmm. these 2,000 pound machines, some of them 4,000 pound machines, and drive the road, and the, the ratio of accidents to the, to the number of drivers, you have to say, well, something's going right. And yes, there's driver training and so on. Mm -hmm. But what happens is that we naturally have inculcated in our psyche this idea of communicating without talking and you can't you know unless you're in a you're, you're, you're in a you're in a rag top you can't right <laughs> or you can wind your, wind your window down and communicate differently depending <laughs> what it is. but for the most part everyone for the most part people get home and get home relatively safely even with, when they're fender bankers from um bumpers you know bump one fender bankers fender bankers that's it but it came you know? yeah so, and even in those moments, those are examples of where communication did not work well, but they're few and far between. Mm -hmm. For the most part, we communicate relatively well. We signal, mm -hmm. we break, we allow others to pass in front of us and we all follow it, we all conform. But it so happens when it comes to relationship, we forget those rules. We do. You know, we go to, you know, Starbucks or Star Sucks, depending on who, who you are and <laughs> what you like, coffee or not coffee and whatever else. Tim <laughs> and they be, they put their best communicators at the kiosk. And it's short, it's crisp, but they communicate, for the most part, relatively well. You get your order and you leave. We don't take the next level and say to ourselves, well, wait, we don't always have to talk to each other. We can sometimes just be present with one another. We can touch, feel each other, sense each other, mm -hmm. and know that we are still communicating. Mm -hmm. Whether we are communicating joy, or we're communicating connectedness, or communicating community. Mm -hmm. It's um, I, I like what you just said, and and for those who are probably watching this and saying, you know, Vidal have have no idea what he's saying because it sounds so easy. You know, yeah. which it's supposed to be because as 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 humans, we over analyze so much that it doesn't become it becomes more complicated than easy. Yeah. You know, because we as you know, I'm going to talk about the the feminine aspect of thing or the female things, but right? we can calculate. 
you may say one word and we may calculate it to mean in 2000 different words. And, and what you say is what you said, but because a communication, when we're talking about communication, we don't know a species, we really don't know how to communicate very well. Because, you know, you may say something and we may misconstrue it to something else. And, you know, so I really like the part that you said, you know, just even a simple hug by not saying anything. It, 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 I think it's a, it's a better form of communication. Yeah. But then, yeah. or, or, or it makes communication go a whole lot easier. Easier. Mm -hmm. right? Just imagine, you know, a couple sitting down and, you know, they've got a tense conversation to have. But they start the conversation by embracing one another. Mm -hmm. or they start the conversation by sitting down and they're holding hands. It makes a huge difference. It's hard to be mad and angry and yell and scream at somebody you're holding hands with. I know, I know. It, or it come just in and say, everything down. It's true, it is true. Or come in and say, Vidal, we, we need to talk. Yeah, exactly. You know your antenna is gonna go up. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> and I come in and say, who, me? You wanna talk to me? Well, it must be somebody else because you can't be talking to me like that. <laughs> Oh my God! But if you but if you came in, if you came in, and you said, "Baby, come over here. Mm -hmm. Give me a hug. Look, I want to talk to you about something. Guess what? More than likely, I am going to say, okay. I may not want to have this conversation, but it's better than having it two o'clock or three o'clock in the morning. So let me have it right now, right? I'm now more engaged. Mm -hmm. Why? Because you've touched me, because you've engaged me differently other than through your vocal cords or through a request or a demand or a command. Mm -hmm. Communicated, you have a need in a way that resonates with me. And I, in turn, reciprocate. I compliment you. You mentioned um, that you do, I know you do a lot of a counseling because you're also a counseling practitioner, um, but to say a lot of to say couples and What's your thought on the five the love languages? I'm sure you've heard about the five different love languages out there. And, and number one, one of the you know people take this test and people come back and say communication, right? But this what what is communication to you? What okay. does communication so, so, mean? So, and, and and you know we use that word ubiquitously. This kind of you know all mm -hmm. in the basket. You know here it is communication. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we really up. We don't really unpack it. So when people say that to me, I ask them, well, what do you mean by communication? Mm -hmm. you know, that great big amorphous communication, what does that mean? Tell me what it means. And when you break it down to people, they begin to tell you, well, essentially, I want to be heard. Mm -hmm. I want to convey an idea or a message, and I want to be heard. Mm -hmm. Or I have a need. I have the need for that person to be vulnerable, to be expressive. So you, you break down communication into basic components related to one's need. And so vulnerability, being expressive, um, being intimate, sharing of your most dark secrets with another person, feeling safe, feeling competent to express an idea without being uh, vilified or negated or, or, or put down. Mm -hmm. So communication isn't just this big umbrella that's out there. It's more than that when you talk to the individual person, and it's different for people. But we never get to that. We just say, well, you know, he's not communicating. Well, what, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. what, what specific do you want him to communicate about? What is it that you need? Tell him then. And I often find that one of the biggest flaws when we talk about communication is we don't talk about vulnerability. We don't talk about vulnerability because vulnerability takes risk. Mm -hmm. It 
requires you to be emotionally naked mm -hmm. and exposed. Yeah, and a lot but of in order to do that, that. Mm -hmm. you have to feel trust. You mm -hmm. have to feel a sense of um, belonging that you are connected with someone who will keep what you share safe, protected. Um, and so, and so we don't do enough to unpack what communication is other than, well, you know, he or she doesn't communicate and that's mm -hmm. all there is. Well, you know, that's, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. So Dr. Vidal, you ever have an instance when you're doing your, your, your coaching or your session, because I hear a lot what you're saying and I find that, do you find that people, especially if they ask what communication means, if you ask them, so what's the issue? You find that they don't even know what the issue is. Because if they don't know what the issue is, you can't, it's going to be hard for them to communicate anyways or tell the person what's going on. You know that you have a, a whole bunch of emotions going on, mm -hmm. but you can't pinpoint it. Right. And, and so when that happens, it's important to really try and go deeper. Mm -hmm. And ask, well, what, you know, and we don't do that enough. We, we jump to assumptions. We don't ask questions enough. Well, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. What are you thinking? What is it like? Mm -hmm. You know, how do you feel? We don't ask enough questions. So people may start off saying, you know, well, communication, well, okay, so what does that mean? Mm -hmm. Well, it's, I, I, I just mean you don't communicate. Okay, well, what specifically am I not communicating about? Or what is it that you're looking for mm -hmm. that I'm not giving to you? Tell me what that is. And you see, once you begin to, it's, it's a technique you call, I think it's called the five whys or the nine whys, the nine whys. And you just keep on asking questions. Just keep asking mm -hmm. questions like an interrogator or it's an interrogative. Mm -hmm. And you'll find that when you ask the right questions repeatedly, repeatedly, and you stay the course, the person gets to a place where they say, okay, this is what it is. Mm -hmm. And it's like, aha, okay, now I know what you mean. Okay, so let's start there. But it takes some unpacking. And but the to right do that, the person has to feel they have to feel safe. Mm -hmm. They have to feel that um, what's being said is not only protected, but is also going to be honored, not used against them. Mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. you have to cultivate an environment and a culture of relating to another that makes it safe and comfortable for a person to risk mm -hmm. telling you how they're feeling mm -hmm. because if they do the risk is you can use those that knowledge and, and, and those emotions against a person nobody wants exactly to. exactly and i think that's why a lot of people decided not to not to see anything because obviously they don't trust them but the thing about it is eh, and and i really and i noticed that this happens in committed relationships a lot especially long-term committed relationships you know you're going through your issues and you're not speaking to your partner about what's going on. Like, you know, it's like, to me, it, it I'm not going to go on my own emotion because I can get emotional. And let's just, I'm going to be very, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah. But you know what? So I find that persons don't speak on emotion, as you said, because of their vulnerable. And most oftentimes this is in, we're talking long-term relationships. You know, as you said earlier, you know, as if they forgot why they met in the first place. And now all of a sudden you're, 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 you're holding on to so much things that's going on into your life and you keep holding on. And I'm going to say that happens most, most oftentimes with men, 
especially if they're going through whatever midlife crisis, um, whatever issues that they're holding on to that and not divulging what's going on with them and the wife. And here comes the, the female part of thing in her head, thinking and coming up with all different scenarios, why he's acting this way, right? And I guess that's why it, it all comes back into what you're saying about um, effectiveness of, of communications, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and again, I would go go deeper than just saying communication. I think we have we have a culture and we have a society where men have been conditioned in part and learned, and it's changing. It's changing to not speak at an emotional level because it's mm-hmm. not manly. You know, you're you're it's weak, true. you're sissy, or some that other kind true. of euphemism. And so, men grew up in that environment as boys and get into relationships and continue that practice. Not in all instances, but to a certain degree. But relationships require you to relate to another. Mm-hmm. And so I remember having a, having a client uh, in a couple in my office, they were talking and, um, you know, she was saying, he doesn't say anything to me, doesn't talk to me, doesn't express an idea. So I asked him, what's going on? He says, well, I'm not a communicator. I'm thinking, well, why don't you get married? <laughs> I didn't say that. But that's why I said, well, why get married? <laughs> because relationships require you to shed some things of yourself mm-hmm. in trade or in exchange for what the other will give you. So if you're not a quote communicator, it means that you have to begin to be a communicator for the other person mm-hmm. in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. You have to try and vice versa. Those who communicate too much have to find ways of measuring and, and managing the level of communication so that the other person feels comfortable and not overwhelmed. It's true. Right. So, it, true. so it's it's a delicate balance moving forward. But getting into a relationship, getting into a state where you talk about communication requires one to be vulnerable. You have, you have to, be, to vulnerable. be vulnerable. Yeah. You have to be vulnerable. If you want to love and experience love, you have to be vulnerable. By being vulnerable, you experience you experience the optimal state of love and a loving relationship mm-hmm. because it brings you to a place where you're emotionally naked, transparent, and you're giving of yourself. And likewise, the other person is doing the same thing for you. I like, I like everything that you just said. And um, wow. Question for you is kissing a form of um, touch and communication. To kiss someone. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, it, it lightens up our lives, you know, um, it makes us happy. Think about when we when we kiss a baby, or we we get a kiss from a grandma, or from a companion, a, a life mate. Mm-hmm. Um, it it it's it is confirming. It's a confirmation of our relationship. Mm-hmm. It's a confirmation of how we connect, and it's not necessarily associated with sex, though it can be. It can be, yeah. Right. It's a, it's a confirmation that you and I are connected to one another mm-hmm. and we're connected to one another in a deep way, in an intimate way mm-hmm. that others around us may not have that privilege. So I have a granddaughter. So when I meet her, I kiss her. I say, give grandpa a kiss. She kisses me on the cheek. And, and for me, that is that fills my soul. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, but that's our way of connecting. Right, you kissing. Yeah, at most absolutely. And, mm-hmm. that, and what are we kissing? We're kissing the most tender parts of our body, our cheeks, where the the, 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 the membrane is thin. 
Mm -hmm. So the nerve endings are right there, popping out right there, and immediately mm -hmm. send messages to our brain. When we kiss on the lips, well, that is why we get a hot kiss or a wet <laughs> kiss or whatever you want to call it. Right? It's like, wow, this is powerful. Stars go off. Right? <laughs> what, about a, what about a forehead kiss? Ah, the forehead kiss. Mm -hmm. One of affection. Mm -hmm. One of caring. Something that a grandparent would do or a parent would do. It says, I love you, I care about you, and I want you to know. Mm -hmm. A grandparent or a parent, I like that. I have uh, one of my clients, her boyfriend at the time of four years um, didn't know how to tell her that he was leaving her. And he kissed her on her forehead and said, I'll talk to you later. So all these years, you know, it's always lips and cheeks, never a forehead kiss. Mm. And... Um, there's a dictionary, I think it's called Urban Dictionary, <laughs> that she went in uh, and Google forehead kiss, relationship forehead kiss. I don't know how, what, she, what word she put in. I told her that her man is saying goodbye to her. So I was just curious about this forehead kiss. For me, I think a forehead kiss is very romantic. But nowadays, as you said, things are changing. Like people are putting so many different meanings behind so many different things. So I was just curious to know about the forehead kiss. Yeah, I, I, I think it's just, I think it's just another way of expressing affection. That was what I thought too. That, that's, that's what it, I mean, there are all sorts of, you know, <laughs> definitions of what it might be, but I think it's just uh, another way of expressing affection for another pe person and not necessarily saying goodbye. Mm -hmm. Right? It's like, okay, so hmm, let me ask about this because I'm thinking this is new on me because you're you're hip and you're up to the, the new changes. I mean, so let me ask you about the forehead because if it means that goodbye, and, no. you know, don't talk to me again. <laughs> no, I, you know, if you've ever been kissed in the forehead, um, and I, I would imagine that very few men have unless they're sitting down because most men are taller. But if that happens, for the most part, it's a sign of affection. It's a right. sign that you and I are bonded together in a way that is and could be romantic, mm -hmm. but also not romantic, but it's a sign right. of affection. It's saying, I care about you. Mm -hmm. You're important to me. Mm -hmm. So let's kiss and let's say a long-term relationship. We're going we're gonna to be killing all this couple on long-term relationship. If our, if our couples are, are together for a while and less kissing start happening, I mean, before, you know, we're passionate, we're always kissing on the lips, you know, even a peck on the lips, and now kissing to finish. Mm -hmm. can, we, can we build a story behind that? Saying, you know, maybe someone, one of the partners are not feeling, you know, decided going on with something else emotionally, or we can just build up one story that he's cheating and uh, he's not kissing me anymore, <laughs> or I have bad breath. <laughs> Could be all that and the above. All of the above. No, I think I think in those cases it's less about the kiss mm -hmm. and more about what has changed in the relationship that the kiss is no longer happening. Mm -hmm. And often the case is short of it being, you know, halitosis or some other <laughs> relationship or something else going on. <laughs> you know, for the most part, you know, something else has happened in the relationship that has caused that practice to cease mm -hmm. so it becomes important to explore that you know mm -hmm. why why did mm -hmm. that happen we used to do this before why did it happen what happened, what uh, happened? but it doesn't mean that it can't be resurrected because sometimes some things you just practice 
and you bring it back into practice. You make it part of your day-to-day routine and repertoire, mm-hmm. whether it be a kiss leaving um, for the office or for work or kiss coming in. Um, a bit different with COVID. You could be doing a whole lot of kissing while working at home together a couple. But <laughs> you get my drift. Among right? other things, but okay. Right. But, but I, think, I think it's it's more reflective of what's happening in the relationship, why it's stuck, like anything else. Like and the conversation is then about, well, you know, what does what is it telling us? Why did this happen? What mm-hmm. is it telling us? What's behind it? That's mm-hmm. the digging deeper. That's the asking the you know the five W's the five Y's why why, why? what happened mm-hmm. where did it go mm-hmm. why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, don't you believe that people? For me, I think people should pay start paying attention more often and ask a question right away and don't like weeks or months pass on before addressing the issues. Because if you're paying attention, you can know when the changes start happening. Yes. Yeah. No, right? Absolutely. And I would say in that example you gave me where, you know, the kissing isn't happening anymore. Mm-hmm. Fundamentally, I believe that relationships are built in needs. I mm-hmm. think as much as love is important, love is not enough to sustain a relationship. I, I think there's, there, there's some practices and there's some conditions around relationships that are featured around what we need, what we, mm-hmm. need, what we need to get out of the relationship to mm-hmm. make it feel good about ourselves and feel good about the other person, feel good about the relationship. Mm-hmm. And so when things start to go awry, it's often about, it's, it's not often about the absence of love or the lack of love. It's about an unmet need that is not, that is no longer being facilitated. And so when that happens, what do you do about it? How do you engage in a conversation about it? How do you get into a conversation about what my needs are without this false equivalency that occurs? And that is, well, what about my needs? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'm raising my needs now. You never raised yours until I raised mine. What's that about? Exactly. Right? But, but being truly open and mature, mature um, in being open to receiving that feedback mm-hmm. and talking about, okay, I hear you. Okay. What what do you need? What can I do to make this different? Yeah, let's fix and having this. Having that mature conversation as adults who mm-hmm. decided to um, embark on a journey together. Mm-hmm. Oh, Vidal, I want to thank you so much. Oh, we finished you, already. It's like thirty minutes. It's you know what? Let, let me go. We'll talk after. Vidal, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Um, you have imparted so much important factor when it comes to touch and um, communication. And, you know, so we're definitely going to have a part two to this. Um, okay. I could sit and talk to you all night. It's your fault. Um, I'm going to say it right there on, on live. Yeah, I, was, I, was the one, I was the one away in a sunny country on, on vacation that just arrived back three hours ago. I was not the one, folks. It's not me at all. Listen. I was prepped. I was ready. Listen, so we're gonna blame him and we're gonna blame we're always blaming him, man. So we're blaming him again tonight, okay? Southern <laughs> fun, yes, right. Thank you, Vidal, for um joining me tonight. Again, tonight um episode is just about touching on how important it is to touch. You know, find a friend, a family, anyone in your life. unspoken words is so much more important and so much more impactful than you know. This is Donna Savage with Talk with Savage Desires. Have an awesome night. <laughs>